Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. All right, good morning, everyone. We are coming to you live from Hudson Yards here in New York City as Good Morning New York gets underway on this Tuesday morning. At this hour, why do remodeling projects go so over budget and so often? Well, it varies, but often it's due to the excitement of doing more or choosing better quality because you are making decisions that fixtures and finishes, about fixtures and finishes, that you'll have to live with for years to come. Unfortunately, these costs add up, and they add up quickly. So what can you do to contain the the rising extra cost? The easiest answer is to create a budget and stick to it. You must at least have a starting point. Uh, for the amount you would like to spend because cost overruns happen quickly and, like I said, can be huge. We have a team of experts here with us this morning to discuss that. Also at this hour, 35 Hudson Yards is the tallest residential building in the new Hudson Yards neighborhoods, right around the corner from where we are today, and its standards are as lofty as its 1,010-foot elevation. The world's first Equinox Hotel is uh, set to uh, open later this summer, The residential component starts on the 53rd floor to make the most of some of the city's most stunning views. Most recently, 22,000 square feet of residential amenities have been unveiled. Why is everyone so crazed with amenities? Do they add anything? We're going to discuss that with the panel. But first, I'd like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world. I am Vince Rocco, and this is Good Morning New York Real Estate. In the news this morning, the looming mansion tax once again motivated buyers and sellers to close deals on expensive homes, in turn driving up the median Manhattan sale price to record highs in the second quarter of 2019. Manhattan saw a median recorded sale price just under $1.2 million, resulting in an increase of 11% from the last year, according to StreetEasy's latest uh, Q2 market report. Lower mortgage rates, a strong economy, and steady job growth have kept demand for homes in New York City high helping give the sales market a much-needed boost after a year of weakness. The second uh, quarter numbers also saw a rise in the number of homes that entered into contract, with pending sales increasing by 6.4% in Manhattan ahead of the July 1st mansion tax hike. Pending sales in Queens saw the uh, latest annual jump in the number of homes entering contract at 15.9% compared to the previous year. That's a big jump. And Brooklyn's most expensive submarket, North Brooklyn, saw a jump of 19.3% in homes entering contract. But the uptick in home sales and homes entering contracts spurred by the mansion tax is not a clear indicator that the market will remain on the upswing. A large surplus of inventory across Manhattan, Brooklyn, and Queens has remained. Manhattan's inventory hit its highest level since 2011 with 13,543 homes on the market. And Brooklyn and Queens saw more homes for sale than ever during the second quarter with 8,249 in Brooklyn and 4,895 in Queens. While while this activity comes as encouraging news for sellers, it remains to be seen how well the market will be able to absorb the surplus of homes currently for sale across all price points. Construction is rapidly ascending at 39 West 23rd Street, a 24-story ground-up residential structure in the Flatiron District, designed by Cook Fox Architects and developed by Anabu Enterprises. The uh, the project consists of two homes, one along West 23rd Street and a second superstructure at the back of the property. A central landscape courtyard will sit between each reinforced concrete building. New photos from across the street show construction workers quickly moving beyond the first cantilevered floor above the main setback of the southern elevation. While the building is only several floors away from topping out, facade work has yet to begin. It is unclear when this phase of construction will start. The building is located between 5th and 6th Avenues. The site is a short walk from Madison Square Park, and completion of 39 West 23rd Street should happen next year. The state's new rent law, among other things, limits security deposits to one month's rent. The problem? Well, brokers say this will adversely uh, impact international students and those with lackluster credit histories because landlords might not want to take the risk. Additionally, landlords are no longer able to accept six months or one year in advance for rent paid. According to the new law, there is going to be a crisis with the international students. Nobody will rent to them. They don't have social security numbers and they cannot show U.S. income. But... 
Uh, as with most of the changes to the state's rent laws, this consequence has yet to come to fruition. Landlords have predicted that the reforms will lead to a drop in New York City investment and overall decline in the quality of the city's housing stock. While there has been some news of individual owners deciding to sell or attempting to back out of deals in light of the new law, it's uh, too early to tell. Um, I have a question about that. We'll ask Jamie uh, in a second. But anyway, uh, and um, the summer and finally, rather, uh, Summer Streets is back for its 12th year starting August 3rd and running for three consecutive Saturdays. New Yorkers can experience over seven miles of car-free streets. Park Avenue will be closed from Chamber Street all the way to 72nd Street, and the road will be open to cyclists and pedestrians alike. Of course, my, my dander is up just by reading this. Five rest stops will be set up along the route, each with different activities, performances, and free snacks. Now, isn't that something? So here we go, congesting the streets one more time with everything but the tra- the flow of traffic and cars and people and whatever else you want to call it. But, you know, anybody who lives and works around New York City understands that this is what it is. Yeah, it's nice. It's not bad. Every once in a while. I mean, nice. you know, it, it, it has its moments. It has its ups and downs. But when you combine that with a parade, you yeah. combine that with multiple street fairs, and you combine that with any any and all protests that may be happening on a particular Sunday. Very true. It's <laughs> a little bit crazy, especially in our profession when you're trying to get across town to go and do uh Showings, real estate, houses, and yeah. real estate, and open houses. Yeah, yeah. setting expectations, though. I mean, that's it. When people come in, they realize it's going to take so much time to get across. You just don't sweat it as much. There you go, big John Managing Harrison. Don't sweat it as much. <laughs> there you Seven go. Spoken like a true broker. Well, listen, you know, you're right. I mean, it, you know, it is what it is, and you just kind of make do with it. Like you know, we I said earlier, you know, downstairs, just leave an hour earlier. It's not so bad sometimes. You can do that. Uh, all right, we have with us today two great guests, Jamie Heiberger and Michael Hershkowitz. Uh, Jamie is wildly, rec- widely recognized, wildly too. And wildly. <laughs> wildly and wildly recognized. Recognized yeah. as a leading <laughs> female attorney in the greater New York City real estate industry, having achieved unprecedented success. I love when I read your bio. That success derives from her ability to simultaneously think like a business person and as a lawyer. My God, you know, how many people don't do that? And it too really many. shows. Too many. Born and raised in Jericho, New York, her interest in the legal intricacies of real estate of the real estate market began at an early age in the 1990, uh, after graduating with honors from the University of Michigan with a bachelor's degree in political science. science. She attended Brooklyn Law, uh, where she earned her Juris Doctorate in 1993. She was admitted to the bar in 1994. In 1996, at just 27 years old, Jamie embraced the challenge of striking out on her own, and that year she founded her firm. Heiberger and Associates, a real estate law firm here uh, in the tri-state area. She founded her firm on the fundamental principle that in both business and life, the ability to quickly assimilate and act on new information is essential to growth. She uh, has expanded Heiberger and Associates over the last decade into a full-service real estate uh, litigation and transactional law firm. And as we talked about uh, before the show, she has now moved on to, uh, or including now Long Island office, to her very busy practice. So muzzle tough on that one. Thank you so much. That's a great deal. Michael is an experienced, hands-on professional general contractor with 18 years of experience, dedicated to fulfill his client's dreams since founding his previous company that owned, managed, renovated its own real estate which consisted of multifamily apartment buildings in New York. He managed the renovation of hundreds of apartments. He also oversaw the ground-up construction of the first luxury doorman condominium in East Harlem on 118th Street. That's very interesting. With that experience, his company established a general contracting division using his experience and talented labor staff to renovate high-end Manhattan apartments with emphasis on gut renovations and apartment combinations. Michael now brings his experience, talent, and professional staff to New York uh, interior renovation group. The company prides itself on working closely with each client to bring their dream apartment renovation to fruition on time and within budget. Boy, we're we going to talk about all that. His <laughs> close relationships with suppliers ensure that the product gets there on time and at the right price. I just think of renovations, dream home, budgets, bringing it in on time, of- <laughs> no cost overruns. You know, these are all those wonderful magical terms that that we in real estate watch as our clients go through sometimes uh, with with lots of pain. Jamie, I, before we get into the Renault conversation, sure. uh, I wanted to ask you, because I read that uh, news item at the top of the um, show, 
What I think a lot of uh, real estate agents and potentially landlords didn't really think about when this new rent regulation, new laws came into effect was the, and here we go again with foreign students, okay, sure. or foreign anything. On, sure. the, on the sales side, the foreign uh, population has almost dwindled to nothing this past year or two. Now we're looking at, you know, foreign students coming here on an exchange basis, coming right. here to go to colleges and universities in, in the United States, and they rent apartments here in New York City. Sure. Uh, and now, because they can't show income, which they never were able to do before, they were able to pay up front in advance. They were able to get guarantors. They were able to do a whole bunch of things. Correct. It seems like they're going to be having trouble doing that. And as I read at the top of the show, landlords probably are going to be very hesitant to want to rent to them. What is your thought on that? Have you seen anything yet to do with that? Well, that question has come up a real lot. I, I do have a fairly large foreign practice, and I do think, I've said this to many landlords and to other people in the industry, I do believe that the people that are sending their kids to this country to go to school, they're going to, going to figure out a way to get them housing. And if that means Absolutely. that the international market of students that are coming here are now turning towards more of a buyer's mar market as opposed to a renter's, then they'll do that. For years, I've been representing people that come in here and buy co-ops and condos while their kid's in school. The other thing that I've been telling people is this, look, anytime there's a change, it's going to lead to creativity. So somebody's going to figure out a way I love that. that's going to take, let's just say hypothetically, maybe it's going to be that there's going to be more developments going on near the schools and that Maybe there'll be a program through the schools mm. that the monies are going to the school possibly as opposed to going to as opposed to going to the landlords it, themselves. Sure. I think that it's just we I, I don't know. Like things are definitely going to pop up. I was saying earlier, look, you have insurance. Insurance I think charges about twenty percent. You know, I would well it's I would cheap. High, it's, it's not, not cheap. cheap. I, I represent is, a lot but, of landlords right. and but, but I've had a couple deals recently and where you have to do insurance. And it's not cheap, and it, and it gives people a pause. Some of these international students, they decided to go ask their parents and then find a guarantor in the States, and then that's how they've done the deal to avoid the fee. Absolutely. You know, the other thing is, though, look, there's people out there. They're looking for a business. Somebody should go in, model just like insurance, charge 10%, and you're going to get all the business. The other thing that also that's always been allowed, and I think that people should really get creative here and in looking into this, is that you can get a letter of credit, and that's been going on for a while. The other thing is, is that I have, like, I did a deal last year with a client from Lebanon. My client in Lebanon got the mortgage in Lebanon, but because he, what he was able to do with his bank here, they were allowed to do it. If your bank is here, if HSBC is here and HSBC is there, they can do things. They can put mortgages on a property at another country and sure. still fund it here. And they can definitely give letters of credit. But I think the letter of credit idea for internationals is going to expand to all banks soon. Wow. Yeah, I, I didn't really realize that until we were talking about that before the show. That's a very good idea. And it keeps your cash in the bank where Correct. you're, you're correcting, uh, collecting rather interest on it versus a landlord for a year or two or, or however long your lease is. So especially when you start talking about large amounts of money. But that's I, a good very I don't good point. I don't think it's only limited to uh, foreign students. My daughter's just going to Columbia. We're getting an apartment up there for her with three with two other out of town students. Yeah. And I happen to know the law from Jamie and the landlord says we want four months rent up front. Mm. And I literally said to him three weeks ago, you can't do that. And two seconds later he said to me, Oh, we just rented the apartment. There's oh, gonna be other yeah. people who are going to rent the apartment yeah, yeah. and not care? That's right. And that's what's and no one's going to say a word. And, you can and no one's going to pursue that if you want to, but who's really going to do that's that? I mean, right. they'll exhaust you on that. My daughter was going to kill me. She said, "Dad, you just lost my apartment." And then the other parents said the same thing. So uh, I had to keep my mouth shut. Well, <laughs> and, and, and my famous line is, "They'll get over it, right?" Because this right. this is New York City. There are multiple, many other opportunities. Is there a chance but that the point that is well taken? Drive rent up at some point. I mean, because if the if the tenants are willing to give a, a year up front. Uh, but the landlords are not allowed to take it. Could they reach a point where landlords say, listen, we will have this as the rent. And if you have good it's local funny. credit, we'll give you preferential rent to where then the landlords basically take on the uh, growth opportunity that insurance feels. Mm -hmm. Maybe you know, not by 20 percent, but by that 10 percent. Here's the bump. thing, and I've been saying this to people. There's going to be loopholes. And one of those loopholes is in line with what you're talking about, where let's just say hypothetically they can't take the rent up front, but the credit's not great. And the apartment's only worth 2800 but they're going to charge 3300 And every single month that they pay in full and timely, they get the $500 credit. Is 
I don't see anything in the law that I've read and I've gone through it. And There's nothing that, that prohibits that it, that. right? And I will say this, this is what happens prior to these laws. You know, all of these laws, a lot yeah. of these things that are coming to being now actually existed. People just don't know because most people aren't familiar with the laws or with rent stabilization. But this has always been the case where I used to have clients all the time. They would give a rent and give a credit if it was on time. Absolutely. People are going to be doing that. What's right. Your- there are going to be ways around, you know, uh, the new practice of, of rentals uh, in certain buildings in certain situations. So, I mean, that's just what it is. We are very, you know, flexible and very... Um, you know, adjustable to, to all kinds of things. And I would agree with that. We're going to see a whole bunch of, um, new ideas, new, new ideas to, you said earlier, creative. I mean, you, you've got to learn in this business anyway to be creative because Correct. you get stopped at every turn. All right, let's talk about uh, our topic of the day and that's remodeling projects, renovation projects, um, turning uh, a space into someone's dream home. I have personally, uh, been in, uh, done renovations a few times, three times, uh, it's not fun, uh, but sometimes it can be a blast. And sometimes, most of the time, I should say, the end result, at least in my case, was well worth all the, the agita or the grief or the whatever you go through. Using all my buzzwords. So. Well, no, like, <laughs> I'm going to use agita. I did. I'm done. We only just got started. We only just got started. So, you know, I want to start with why do remodeling projects go over budget so often? The answer varies, but often it's due to um, the upsell trap. Okay. Uh, once you start remodeling your home, you get very excited about the possibilities, but sobered by the fact that you're making decisions about fixtures and finishes because you're going to be living with these things at a minimum for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, we all say, oh, well, we're going to do this for, you know, the rest of our life. We're going to live in this home or this apartment forever. But, but quite frankly, things change, you know, somewhere down the road. And all of a sudden, a 10-year-old uh, uh, renovation is is antiquated. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, though, when you start thinking about lots of things and cost overruns, I mean, those costs can add up uh, quickly. What can you do to combat the cost, the rising cost, as you go through a renovation um, to keep it from getting out of control. Well, in my case, uh, first, thanks for having me on the show. So happy to be here with everybody. Our uh, pleasure. How, how I operate is almost all those buzzwords. My sell is your buzzwords. I said all those things. I said, you're paying me so you could sleep at night and I don't. And I try to and I try to hold my clients hands and guide them so they don't get trapped and everybody gets trapped. I'd like to think in my in, with my with our firm, it's in a positive way. Because as they start the renovation with a given budget, they start getting comfortable that, wow, this is working. It's working smoothly. It's transparent. It is everything Michael said it's going to be. You know what? Let's do a little more. And they get caught up in that. Um, and I also, we, we could blame, I, I use the word blame, the, the, the client because they're not sometimes honest with us when I say, you got to give me a real budget. Okay, because the only way I can help you is with a real budget. Well, because what they really like, like, do they want the sub zeros? Do they want the, do they want the sub zeros? Do they want the kitchen aids? Whatever. Well, that that that's that was my point earlier. So you know, they may come to the table thinking X. They may come to the table giving you a number. And I, you know, the first thought that comes to my mind is love it or list it on HGTV. I mean, it's it's classical when right. she has to come back to them and say, well, by the way, you want X and Y. I can't do that because right. the money isn't there or. Right. If you want me to create another half bath, for example, right. I've got to take take something else away based on your budget. How do you do that? Well, you know, I I always start off with my my first question after because we know with plumbing, we know you got electric, you know you got air conditioning, we know we and you got all the nuances of dealing in Manhattan, getting up the elevator, taking the garbage down, which is all built in uh, to to our cost. So my first question to test, and I use the word test, the mm -hmm. client is. Where, where are you going with appliances? So I know if they're saying sub-zeros wolf this, I, I, I got my track is where the whole apartment is going. If they start off with, well, I want basic appliances, basic GEs, but I know where they're going there also. So then I could start putting together a budget based on where I feel they're going to be. And that, because that is the, the biggest, the biggest cost they're going to have is appliances. How difficult is it for you to, to, to sell that budget? Because I think everybody comes into a project like this thinking, you know, I have X amount of dollars to mm -hmm. spend and I think my expectation is I'm going to get X. Right. And you come and you say, well, all right, here's what I've come up with for you based mm -hmm. on what you've told me. Mm -hmm. And I might be higher than their, their original thinking of the budget. How mm -hmm. do you sell that? Because it's not so easy. Well, I, I'm, in our case, again, I'm selling me. I'm selling me in our right. firm. We're, I'm not selling price. 
I'm selling that. Here's a here's a job that's going to take X amount of time. I'm going to deliver it on the agreed upon budget. I'm going to degree uh, uh, deliver on the agreed upon time, and you've got to determine what that's worth for you because I know you're probably living somewhere else. You're paying rent. You're doing all these things, and I'm very very transparent with giving people what I think they want. For instance, and I use this as a uh, on every job, a toilet. I mean, it's just a common toilet. I know when people walk in the store, they're going to want probably a Toto toilet, average four to $500. I don't ever assume they're going to want the one that literally cleans your behind and that you, the seat lifts <laughs> up and that talks through Alexa, which is $8,000, and then cleans the toilet itself. Hey, but, Alexa is spying on everybody in their homes anyway. That, so that's we don't true. want that to be happening in the bathroom. That's, <laughs> that's another whole situation. I had her so, took her away. Yeah. It's scary. So, you know, when you start a toilet, $500, you have three of them, you have $1,500. There are other people who I compete against will put a toilet down for $150. Yes. Oh, you want the Toto, $500. Well, here's the one I priced for you right there in Home Depot, $150. And already they're $1,000 over budget. I don't do that. I prepare and I just say, you could go lower, you could go higher. This is where I think you're going to want to be. You're going to walk into a store and say, you know what? I like that Toto. And you're going to be right on target. You, All right, well, there's so much. There, hold on, John. There's so much more on the other side of the break with regard to renovations. We'll get there, but first, let me talk about LandGlide. LandGlide is the most comprehensive uh, parcel data mobile app using GPS technology to pinpoint your exact location. You can explore maps and access 150 million uh, parcel records in over 3,000 countries, covering more than 95% of the U.S. population. The mission is to provide fast, accurate property line and ownership data that covers over 95% of the U.S. population from the convenience of your mobile device. LandGlide was developed by Report All, uh, the leading uh, spatial data company providing timely and accurate data. The web interface is created, provides one-to-one integrated access to a multitude of government record sites and the Internet-based mapping platforms. Through innovation in uh Integration and automation. Report all's approach of simplifying uh, access to uh, accurate spatial data places in the forefront of the geospatial business technology. Whether you're on site or driving to your next client meeting, accessing property information wherever you are, that is key. That's where LandGlide comes in. It's the most advanced and comprehensive parcel data mobile app on the market. LandGlide shows property data in a detailed and intuitive interface, even down to your exact location. The app makes searching for property information quick, easy, and precise. Fast, accurate, everywhere. Try LandGlide free for a week by visiting LandGlide.com slash Vince. And we will be right back after these messages. Don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders, so you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. 
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back. We're talking to Michael Hershkowitz and Jamie Heiberger. And our topic this morning, one of our topics this morning is renovation. Michael, I want to just, you know, complete your thought on that. Um, what we were talking about before the break. So coming up with the most effective budget obviously is gonna is gonna help uh, set expectations, but sometimes you got to reset expectations. So yep. one of the things I want to ask is, you know, what what are some of the crazy things that um, owners can expect as they go through a renovation? Figuring we've got the budget set up, you know, we start the the, the renovation. What kind of crazy things may uh, happen? I mean, we all watch HGTV. We all see, you know, stuff behind the walls. And not stuff, real. Right? <laughs> not real. Of course, it's not real. None of these. In Manhattan, are. sorry, not real in Manhattan. Yeah. But so, but what? What do people here in Manhattan then I'm should gonna, they expect? I'm going to give you a beauty from last week. We re, you have to reserve the elevator in every Manhattan building, oh my whether God. you're taking debris down or getting supplies. Yep. And last week, we had, had both things happening. I had debris coming down, had a crew of 10 guys with the truck, and had our supplies coming in. I wanted to take the elevator for the whole day so I don't have to ask for it again. Super comes down and says, elevator shot. Okay? <laughs> Not working. Oh so I call whole crew there. You're paying 10 for people, it. 10 people paying for, paying for my crew. I have the, the debris sitting upstairs so we can't even work. And I have all the supplies sitting on the sidewalk. Wow. I call up my client. I said, we got a problem. And he said, what's the problem? And I said, the problem is we have 10 guys. I have, have $4,000 worth of rough material sitting here. And I now have to rent a truck, put in a truck, sit it out here in front because they're not letting us use the elevator. He got burned for $3,500. Didn't, we didn't add on to it, but that was my cost. And you and. But that's unexpected and right in the right in the garbage. Do you think that some contractors build this into the practice to where they say, you know what, like er, earlier you mentioned something mm -hmm. about the toilet that's 150 instead mm -hmm. of the one. You know they're going to want that's 400. Mm -hmm. But just to get the price down in their initial bid, they talk about the good things and then they just know that you're going to change your mind later. You everybody, think that's built in? Yeah, everybody does it and I lose jobs because of it because I, I can't physically do it. I can't mentally do it. I know what's going to happen and I can't face the client when it happens. They'll say, right. you didn't know? How didn't you tell me about this? Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. And I, I, I prep my clients or my, pre, my proposed client as we're going on to these things. Like, I am telling you this is probably going to happen. I am trying to build in whatever we can, but and I know where you're going to start picking out, and I know what you're going to do. Well, how do you know? Because I know I'm doing it 20 years. Yeah. Rely on my experience, please. And, and that's key. Okay, because somebody brand new to a business, any business, doesn't really have the wherewithal, all the experience that you have that you can bring to the table and say, listen, if exactly. this happens, we can do uh, X. How important is it? And, you know, I have to explain this sometimes and I'm not in your business, but sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, owners don't really get it. But how important is it to engage an architect or an engineer at the start of the project to make sure that what they're doing or want to do can actually happen. This is a whole nother show, but we're, we're, we're <laughs> we do design build. So I, I supply, I hold their hands. We supply the architect Got because it. I could set the expectation of what their budget is when I'm, my, I'm controlling the architect. Yeah. If they bring in a third party architect, it's his Picasso. He wants it built no matter what, even if it costs more money. And to make an adjustment with a third party architect becomes very difficult. And then also what they what what they sometimes draw is not realistic. My architect is listening to what I say to do within the apartment. So I know their budget and I know what is going to be drawn is going to get built to the budget. That is a major way of certainly preventing what you just what you just said. And what about just things that come up that you, you that are unexpected when you were doing Allison's job and he I remember when you were doing that job he ripped open a bathroom wall and the pipes of the neighbor next door what in the bathroom. Well, that's, that's, what? yeah. Yep. Yeah. And well, yeah. it, let me tell you about this, this apartment, five story walk up in, in the West village, best block in the West village. 
you know, not so great building, but I understood the location, prime, prime, prime. And, you know, very difficult to work in, 100 years old, wood, terrible. We pull out the bathtub, and there's the pipes. Now, I said you can either, she wanted a shower. I said you either live with another bathtub, and we, we put it right over it as it was, or this is costing money to get her pipes out of yours, and we hide them underneath the... Now, can you imagine if she next door had a problem, and they had to fix the pipes or find right. the pipes? They were in your apartment now under your bathtub. That's correct. I can only just imagine. Wow. That's correct. Jamie, I'm, I'm sure you get involved in, in trying to explain to people um, that you represent, knowing the difference between latent defects errors, omissions, and design changes that will affect the price. And I'm sure you're the first person they're going to call and say, well, I don't understand, you know, blah, blah. Correct. Correct. You know, what I like to do is the minute that I take, I get a new deal. If I'm on the buy side of the transaction, I always want to know, excuse me. I always want to know. I always want to know what the condition of the unit is. I want to know if my client's planning for a major gut renovation of the property, because if they are, then I want them. They may not know. You know, clients come in. It's, it sounds crazy. You would think that everybody would do some homework before they're making a purchase or renovating a home, look through magazines, go online, see what things cost. So many people don't. So what happened, right. for example, you, you know, one of the things that happens is in this one is that Allison contacted me a year after I closed for her before I, I, I sent her over to Michael. She wasn't getting she hadn't gotten anywhere yet. Because one of the problems that happens is you're dealing with the buildings, you're dealing with the boards, uh, you're dealing with the changes of the DOB rules and regulations, and you need to know the city agencies. You need to know what you're doing. It's not enough that <clears throat> it's not enough that you just you like the building and you get the numbers. You have to know that no matter what budget any contractor gives you, it's going to change because there's going to be things that are discovered that you didn't know, and you just don't know what they are. They're endless. They're just endless. Okay. They can be endless. They can and, be, and, right. and you just don't know sometimes until you know. And that's that's the problem in any, in any business, but most especially here. Michael, so, you know, it, when you peel back, you know, all of the, the uh, jobs that you've done successfully, mm-hmm. what do you think is the biggest misconception uh, in, in renovations from a from a, an owner's perspective? You know your business. Yep. You know what you need to tell them and what to do. Mm-hmm. Jamie knows, under you know, from a legal perspective you know, and, and can set their expectations. But, you know, what do you think is the biggest misconception from a, an owner's uh, mind? I just think they're just totally not prepared, no matter how much you try to prepare them. And, you know, they, even they, if they've done it before, even, and everybody says to me, oh, I've done it before. And they become my expert. Yeah, so, it's hilarious. And, I've done you know, it before in Connecticut. Yeah, I did yeah. it Way here. I've done it. I know. I, I, I know. Yeah. You That's know, a very good point. Okay. Uh, it's out of the city. It's come, like you said before. I only work in Manhattan because... That way, I know everybody's prepared yeah. for the Manhattan right. nuance. The second you get outside, I can't compete because there's a different expectation um, of, of what's going to happen. Also, right now, we've changed our business. I only deal, I uh, get leads 100% from real estate brokers. And why do I do that? Because I like going out with the real estate broker and the client before they make the purchase, give them a transparent budget yeah. and say, here's where you're going to be. I am telling you, here's where you're going to be. So you're paying X for the apartment. This is what you could expect to put in. If you don't do that, okay, and you sign that contract without knowing where you're going, you may get in there and say, I can't renovate this apartment. And what happens if it really well, needs a major I, I always, renovation? I always say to brokers also, it's a really good, I mean, I think it's good advice. You should always, if you know a, cl- a unit needs to be renovated and you know your client's going to do it, definitely don't put in the, you really, you could put in the offer, but you really need to bring in a contractor and an architect in there to make sure that the plans that your client wants to make are possible and what the cost is going to be. You know, yeah. I've. You know, not only uh, just because you've done something in Connecticut or California does that not really apply, but what a lot of people don't realize is even if they have done something semi-locally and they know what to expect cost and time-wise, they don't know what the specific building rules are. Exactly. They, they may subject not know that. Subject to board that. approval, yes. too. Yes, subject yeah. to board approval. That is a big And, one. oh, yeah, you're only allowed to do any construction between yep. 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., Three days a week, yep. one month out of the year. Oh, like, yeah. And then they so forget you guys take a half God, hour for yeah, Not for, all summer. In some buildings, you can't renovate at all in the, the summertime. The how, about you can't, how about some right. buildings you can't renovate when somebody's already renovating? Yeah, yeah God, exactly. God forbid you okay. buy an apartment next to the president of the board and he just squashes it because Correct. he doesn't want loud noise. Right. Yeah, and it's not to kill <laughs> Except the possibility. if it was his apartment. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's not to kill the possibility because I think what you do and what you offer is a chance for people to really thrive in a new way. To get it, mm. to get into an apartment 
to get into a building and to create something beautiful and magical. It's just that when people try to do this type of thing on their own without bringing in the right team of experts, that's the problem. That's where they really get screwed over. 100%. Well, it's also, you know, with the changes in laws, Mm. you need to use licensed contractors and licensed vendors. And how many people try and go around that rule? You know, listen, I tell unbelievable. I tell a story a couple of years ago, maybe four years ago already, I was I was trying to sell something in um I guess it was the uh West thirties. Beautiful old loft that had been renovated. Uh and my 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 buy and it was beautiful. It was two two apartments actually put together uh and renovated. And my buyer put an offer in and we were going back and forth on the offer. And when when paperwork got to the attorney, the attorney called me one day and said, But Vince, you know, um, we may have a problem here. What's the problem? Well, uh the renovation that was done on this apartment was never approved by the DOB, mm-hmm. was never really approved by the building. So maybe the super was in cahoots with whomever and got paid off. Yep. They cannot sell this apartment. Uh, you know, well, they can you, they can sell it. It's just going to be there's one of two things are going to happen. You're either going to have to bring in if let's just say if it was a real gut, you have to get the plumber and the electrician and to open sign up the up. walls of the it panels was a to gut. sign off. It was a gut. Right. So you have to do some major and stuff. And my to buyer get done. decided he did not want to do that. And I understood that. Absolutely. And we moved on and found something else. But, you know, the seller, you know, should have thought about this. The owner of this apartment should have thought about this anyway. Let's change gears a little bit. And and guys, you know, the, the, the SALT deductions, you know, the past 18 months or so have really changed, I believe, the um, the uh, look and feel uh, and certainly the progress of New York City real estate and also our lovely beach communities like the Hamptons and the Jersey Shore and upstate New York, et cetera, uh, because the, the deductions are capped at a certain amount of money. What are you all seeing out there in your books of business, how this SALT uh, deduction has hurt? Well, I don't or think it's, are you seeing? I don't think it will kill. I mean, I think some people have this fear that, oh, no, this is going to kill everything. No one's going to buy. No one's going to own. I think it does open up some reservation around the idea of ownership in general, which is why maybe some owners have been quicker to put their homes on the market and why some purchasers have dragged their heels a little bit. But I don't think it it's not like it kills the growth of population of those that want to live in New York City, nor does it entirely annihilate the concept of ownership. Um, but I think anything at all that introduces this sort of emotional reaction in the market does bring pause and it makes it move a little bit slower because people feel, even if they don't know the specifics of the salt deduction uh, limits, they just feel like, oh, there's some... I'm going to get completely ruined because yeah. some tax change. They don't even know what it is necessarily. Yeah, I was just going to ask you. emotional. And the time factor <clears throat> even educating themselves on it gives even more pause, right? It's like, yeah. well, I don't know about it. I don't want to get into it. Then you have to learn about it and speak to different people about it. Well, so that's it what I was going to ask you. Does it, does it kind of stall things basically because they just don't know about it and they need to educate themselves about it? And, oh, by the way, that's what you know our job is to – help them along with that process. Yeah, I think this is one of those things that becomes like this nature of group think, uh, you know, momentum psychology, right? Even if they don't know much about it, if they hear people talking about it, it raises some pause. So I think, yes, it stalls things to a degree. I think when people dig deeper, they realize, oh, okay, so really it means it's going to cost me this much a year instead of this much. But I still have this job I'm moving to New York City for, and I still want to live here, and I still want to own. So, okay, I'm over it. Like, I think eventually people can get there. Uh, And by the way, people like investors are still buying in New York City. Uh, I'm doing some new development right now. You're doing new development. I mean, people are still coming in and and buying. Uh, It's just that it's another one of those things that brings a little bit of pause to the process. Jamie, how many anguished calls do you get in a week with regard to this, or do you? Well, I don't get calls on the on like the salt issues. My calls that I'm really seeing coming in right now are strictly really just on the rent laws. Those yeah. that's oh, the yeah. big that's the big buzz right now. It's kind of overtaken, <clears throat> you know, some of the tax issues I feel like. So I really that's I really haven't been getting calls on that. I haven't seen I personally look, I'm sure there are people that do. I haven't really other than when they first came out with the tax changes in two thousand and eighteen and the anticipation of what's going to be because we knew it was coming, I haven't really heard anything since. Well, Vince, didn't you mention in a, in a previous episode that your sister, you're looking for a home with your sister, and, and the taxes are super high up in Westchester, and because you can't deduct that much from um, 
from your taxes, this, that's really giving her pause. Is that is that it, right? It, it, it's giving her pause, but uh, but on the the good news side of that that discussion is that prices. the prices have come down oh. so yes. significantly to kind of overcompensate Absolutely. for you know the other end. So as I tell her all the time, you know, there's there's two there's always two ends to the spectrum, no matter where you're buying. But and she's she's starting to see. Uh, and she's actually in in France as we speak in Paris, but I mean, uh, so we're on a little bit of a break. <laughs> but the point is, though, that the prices have come down, but come down significantly because sellers are beginning to understand Absolutely. you can't have it both ways. Taxes are taxes, you know, salt is salt, and and deductions are deductions. But I got to sell. I got to do something. So yeah, it's a good. Seems point. like that's the buyer's mentality. Let me go to Europe for a little while and wait for prices to go down. <laughs> that's exactly what she. That's what I told her yeah, last week. Doing, I said, huh? Sure, pop off to yeah, Paris. Yeah. I mean, it was, have a great time. Yeah, why not? Moving on. At Billionaires Row, West 57th Street, that corridor in Manhattan is a canyon of uber luxury condos in the heart of the borough, and maybe represent the last building boom. Uh, the next cycle may be defined by projects that hug. The outer fringes of the island. So my question is, where where are the outer fringes of this island anymore, or do they even exist? I, I don't I don't know where the outer fringes are. I mean, is that is the, is that Washington Heights? I mean, what's the? Uh... I, I, I'm asking because every time I ask the question, you know, outside of this studio, people kind of say to me, "Well, it has to be this place, or it has to be that." Well, it can't be the East Village anymore because, well, that's already started. Well, Harlem's already on its way, so maybe, and I'd say maybe Hudson where Hudson Yards. Is One there. Manhattan Square and Lower East Side. East Harlem. East Harlem's still not there yet. No, like that has a lot of room to grow. Absolutely. Yeah, but that's even happening now. 100% it's right? been happening for 20 years, but it's yeah, still right behind I, we, everywhere else. So 110th Street itself, the final frontier of Central Park, I sat, I, I yeah, saw over the, there. the building sure. in the corner there. Um, and so I've been spending some time there recently watching, you know, the Lincoln Correctional Facility is finally going through this decommissioning. Other buildings along that that have been targeted for development for a long time we're finally going Absolutely. through it is that correctional facility the one that has central park views and then one yes yeah. yes sir. well that's like every project every real prime estate. real estate is projects if yes. you go along the fdr we're the only city with prime real estate <laughs> is projects it's part of the fabric you know? of this town right so i mean so true. just think about those views you know that they have you know in harlem and then was it after 14th street in between the manhattan bridge like who did this exactly i, I think <laughs> i don't know who was the best fringe it's it, one of the questions is okay what makes it fringe and then number two um once it's fringe what makes it turn into opportunity i think one great example if as we look at east harlem and everything's on the east side is the second avenue subway line yeah. uh, i think that yes. is we, in the process of introducing opportunity yes. we, uh, for people that are looking at even third I, avenue but, but, you know, but i, I built 16th street's been built up for so long you i know? built our building uh the high-rise condo first doorman condo second avenue 118th when we <clears> bought those three properties, uh, I was just there to renovate the three properties, which was my business at that point. And the architect said, oh, they just changed the zoning laws. You could go up. So my thought was there, well, they had told me that the subway was going to have an entrance on 118th and 2nd in front of my building uh, going from 116th. Uh-huh. In addition, the Target shopping center was, was being built up. Make a long story short, the condo is sold out. The subway is not up there. And I just looked recently, the two stores that we built in there are still not rented. So, and that's going on 12 years. So that, that, that never worked. And it, it just, it, it worked for, you know, you can have a nice apartment up there for cheaper, but it, it's not there. It's not there. Yeah, you know, as far as subway lines are concerned, I mean, you know, they have come after the fact. Look, Hudson Yards wouldn't be Hudson Yards today. Without the 7. Without the 7. I agree. I agree. agree. So, you know, ultimately, you know, things will change over there. But in an estimate by real estate appraiser Jonathan Miller, he states that 40% of billionaires' row condos are still not sold. 40% are not sold. Yet the buildings are not new to the market with some of the world's most prestigious neighbors. Uh, these buildings are lacking buyers. Why aren't these buildings selling? Because there's only we know you can or name every bu- you can name every potential buyer. Yeah, and there's only a thousand of them. List. Okay. Yeah. You, okay. So I was going to say we we know every buyer and every building is hit on those buyers. You know. So the, the problem though is that you. What do you can't, do with this? So if you were to look at how much what the volume of sale has been for each of those buildings, you'd probably see a pretty 
staggering number. If, if you just look at the millions of dollars of volume that are sold, if you look at the quantity or in terms of percentage of units that are sold and you see the vacancy, that's different. But right. the problem is you can't just take those that are in the market. You can reduce price eventually, but you can't dwindle it down to just nothing uh, because then everyone loses hope and faith in those that have spent 30 40, 50, $100 million. Yeah, there has to be some sort of price so integrity. That that's almost like the vacancy Agreed. opportunity. It's better for uh, developers that are holding and doing this practice for a long haul just to say, you know what, that's fine. We're going to sit on it. We don't want to sit on it, but we're going to sit on it until finally a buyer can come along. Uh, yeah, I, but I you think know, they though, have very patient money. I think they have yeah, very, very, you know, so they have very wow. patient money behind them. So I don't Agreed. think there's any issues with those four buildings. I really don't. I don't think so either. But when you think that 40% of that one building in particular, 157, mm -hmm. is still not sold, you know, patient money or not, it's like, come on now. And as the market changes, potentially the prices change or they're not mm -hmm. getting what they originally thought they were. Mansion so tax. what does it take mansion to sell tax them? Changes, like I, what price would they have to bring them to to guarantee I, a sale? Well, first of all, the mansion tax increases yeah, well, then, at those that's levels. Those that levels is three and a half percent. Uh, that's it, right. You know, it, it, it's on, it's on almost top of everything else. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I don't know. The jury's still out on that. Last point. Social media doesn't just stop at selfies. Video promotion has proven to be one of the most effective methods for selling properties as we videotape this this episode today. 97% of marketeers say video has helped increase user understanding of their products and in our on our business it's 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 uh, it's uh, apartments, it's renovated apartments, yeah. etc. 76% say it increased sales and 76% uh, experience more support inquiries after seeing a video or after using video in their strategy. If you want your marketing campaign to be successful, you got to kind of get out of the, the the old way of doing things. I mean, we went from video to no video, now back to video, but I will say, and I'm sure you'll agree, uh, it is the way to go. Instagram Absolutely. stories these days, Facebook Live, YouTube video. Do you see this hap helping your businesses? Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I think when you look at the uh, studies that show sort of the the funnel of decision making, you go from awareness to consideration to decision. Correct. Uh, the question is, okay, how are people becoming aware of whatever it is they need to become aware of, whether it's a product or a service? And so many people are going directly to social media. Uh, a study showed recently that more searches are done for real estate and real estate related terms in YouTube than Google. Uh, and so if, if that's true, then that means people are really looking for a visual understanding because it yeah. brings some type of you know, support. It's not we're, just We're going to do a whole show on that coming up soon because Ooh, and we've exciting. and we've talked about this and touched this many, many times. And I think, John, you've also been on the show now, certainly uh, has mentioned this. It, I don't want to call it a phenomenon because, I mean, it's been around for a while, but, you know, all of a sudden, and, and there's a, a certain segment of people out there who are making this become even more important than it is. Unfortunately, that is our show for this morning. Thank you for joining us. Thanks you can for having follow us. me on Thank Twitter, so Thanks, on Vince. Facebook, or on Instagram uh, at Vince Rocco. Thanks to Niall uh, Lundgren from Compass, John Harrison from Core. Jamie Heiberger from Heiberger and Associates and Michael Hershkowitz from New York Interior Renovation Group. Shoot for the moon, everyone. Even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. And for all of us at Voice America all around the world, thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, we're taking to the water in pursuit of freshwater action. Listen as our panel of angling pros talks tips for bucket list fishing trips, warm weather fishing tactics, and more. Joining us is Gary Klein of Major League Fishing, Blaine Crush Garrett with the Mud Bums, Mrs. Bunny, and Cat Daddy. The Revolution and its Dog Days Fishing Show is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you understand your feline friends as well as you'd like? Why do they behave the way they do? If behavior issues get out of hand, how do you fix things? Get the answers and more when you listen to Cat Talk Radio with host Molly DeVos. We'll give you the straight facts, offer some tried and tested ideas, and alert you as to what's being done in this country and worldwide to save cats and shelter challenges. 
Cat Talk Radio on Voice America Variety. Success doesn't come by chance. It's a decision to take a chance on you. Attending the University of Choice is a goal, but not a guarantee. Dr. Cynthia Colon offers you the formula of going from good, better, to best, and increasing those chances of receiving that yes to your dream university. Get the one-to-one attention every student needs to succeed. Tune into Destination University on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you a pet parent? If so, you'll want to stay up to date on the latest tech gadgets and advances for your canine or feline friend. With a ton of apps, websites, tech toys, and more, you'll want to be in the know when it comes to the real treasures and the duds. For that information, listen for Pet Lover Geek with host Lorian Clemens. We test and discuss what's hot and what's not on the pet front, so you'll be better informed on Voice America Variety. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you know that over 70% of people with disabilities are not counted in the workforce with twice the unemployment rate of the non-disabled? Join Joyce Bender, CEO of Bender Consulting Services and a disability leader as she talks about best practices and newest trends in disability employment on Disability Matters. As a person living with epilepsy and hearing loss, Joyce is an international advocate for disability employment. Tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel who claim to be dog experts, yet they don't really provide a connection between dog owners and their best friend. This is where the BS stops. Listen for Taming the Wild and Your Dog with expert author and nationally recognized dog trainer, Brian Bailey. Each show has experts, professional trainers, and veterinarians to give you the right answers. Listen for the safety and well-being of your dog. Listen every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or Amazon Kindle. The Voice America interactive radio player powered by Aircast gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for your iPhone, Android, or Amazon Kindle powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play. Check out the Voice America Variety Channel on Facebook. This is the place to share and read stories about and from our hosts and shows. And you can add your voice on today's hot topics. Like us and comment on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Voice America Variety. 